This is John with Ubaldi Reports. With me, as always, is my good friend and fellow co-host and fellow Marine Corps veteran, combat at that, Big Bad Joe Bits. Hey, John. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good. So, I got a question for you. Okay, go ahead. How's your colon? My colon? Yeah, your colon. Oh, it's fine. I have no problems. Why? Okay, well, when did you make up that question? Well, you, you haven't heard how Donald Trump is like the man of all men. He's like probably the toughest president that we know. You didn't hear about this? No. Okay. Further enlighten me. Okay. So uh, Donald Trump, when he went to Walter Reed, he covered it under I'm going to Walter Reed. But there's a book coming out about him saying that this man was, I guess, obsessed with the power that he had as president, that he would not go, he would not go under in order to get a colonoscopy. Okay. So he did it awake. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. You never, you didn't hear that. No, I didn't well, hear you, that. Well, I'm just saying, you know, when it comes to like, you know, Trump's in his seventies, you know, and he's getting a colonoscopy and he's just like, I, I don't know. Is it like narcissism? Where he's just like, I am not well, giving, up one, power, giving up power well, the one thing whatsoever. I, the one thing I do know is that prior to the election of 2016, like a month prior, a month and a half, he got the coronavirus. And he still was, he's very, for somebody, if you look at him, he doesn't look like he's in shape, but he's a very vigorous, he, he, he boundful energy. People I've talked to. He ate McDonald's every day. I know, but, but the thing is, people that I've talked to, would also say that he was he, he just worked. Mm-hmm. He was a hard, hard worker. Look how he engages with the press. He really goes at it. Well, the current administration, Joe Biden, that's some of his undoing. I mean, he can do that during the campaign where he hides in the basement or he doesn't get a lot of questions from the press. But now that's coming back to bite him and the press that carried his the water for him during the campaign are not liking it that like when he was meeting with Boris Johnson, the prime minister of um, of Great Britain, and Boris Johnson asked questions from the British media, but Joe Biden pushes out the American media. And a friend of mine tracks, and I track a little bit, not as much as he does, foreign press. And the foreign press were just appalled that he wouldn't ask questions. Yeah. He wouldn't take questions from the report. He did the same thing when he met with Vladimir Putin of Russia. Vladimir Putin stood up there for an hour, took every question from everybody. Joe Biden hasn't done that. So people are starting to question, especially after the Afghan pullout, what is the viability of Joe Biden? And that was on full stage this past two days um, because you had the military leadership. You had the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley. You had General Ken... um, McKenzie, the CENTCOM commander, which commands all military forces in Afghanistan and the Middle East. And then you had Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. And all three of them said, we told the president, and I've seen reports that General McKenzie did tell the president that we want to keep at least 2,500 troops in Afghanistan to prevent what we saw back in in august and currently going on now but the president rejected that advice well okay at what at what level is it like a person that is direct in contact with the president told him or was it like no this was the actual president because i have a i have two sources at the military um at, at centcom and another one at special operations command over at mcdill and they and i i asked that question and they said, yeah, request one up to the military command authority. Why are we on this aspect? 
Mm-hmm. Why are we pulling out when we shouldn't we get the American American and citizens out first? Yeah. Well, they were turned down. And the way the command authority works, the CENTCOM commander, General McKenzie, goes directly to the Secretary of Defense. And from Secretary of Defense, it goes to the White House. The other gentleman, the contact I said, he goes, he said that he confirmed that, but he said it was classified of who said no. I can't, I can't, spe- I can only speculate and I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Yeah. But it did go to the White House. Who said no? Now, when the president was on an ABC News interview with George Stephanopoulos, mm-hmm. he wasn't ambiguous. George Stephanopoulos asked him, did anybody recommend to keep troops? And he said, no, nobody recommended that or that he recalled. So President Biden told George Stephanopoulos that no, no one nobody, recommended. No. Now, Jen Psaki, the press spokesman, said, yes, there were. And she made a talking to a friend, Scott McDonald, who's a, a PR expert, said she did a very rookie mistake. She added more information. And what she added was they asked. She said that. No, uh, it was half and half. Some military commanders recommended to stay while others said pull out. Mm -hmm. So when she was asked, well, who said that? Because General McKenzie, he said stay. General Austin said stay. General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, said stay. And prior to the Goldwaters-Nichols Act, all the other service uh, chiefs could go in and talk to the president. Now, because of the Goldwaters-Nichols Act, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, they he speaks collectively for all the other service branches to the White House. So what other military commander or what other military, whether retired or on active duty, says we need to pull out? And Jen Psaki never answered that question. Mm-hmm. So now we have a big contradiction. And the only way we can alleviate that is for President Biden to hold a press conference to, to, to answer that question and not just a press conference where you're only asking, he gets to ask, well, these who they told me to ask, these are only the questions I'm going to ask. And I'm not going to talk about this subject. Yeah. So we, we need to have answers because those are big discrepancies on what the now on what the military commanders told. Now he can make that decision. That's his, he was elected, not the general's. But there's a big discrepancy in the advice given in the advice. We are so Mad Marine 86. I mean, you just want to give him a, a hi. He's watching you live. Hey, how's it going? Madman 86 Marine or Marine Mad Marine 86. That's his name. And the question he had, it's unbelievable that POTUS, President of the United States and his press secretary lied. Now, going by that statement, there is it's either somebody's lying uh-huh. or somebody telling the truth. Now. When they send something up, I can't imagine the military commanders are going to do this openly. They would have to put a draft, a proposal to the president so he can review. So there has to be some type of classified top secret document stating what the CENTCOM commander, secretary of defense, and chairman of the Joint Chiefs of of staff recommended to the president. So they're actually kind of like getting into it now with Afghanistan, is that kind of maybe, is that, do you think it's like a distraction ploy to get us away from the border? Because they're, the border's been really blowing up as of late. And it just seems like, oh, let's bring this in. And, but there's there's a lot of things out there right now that's going on. Like this week is going to be like a real hectic week because 
Well, you have the you have you have the Joint Chiefs of Staff hearings. Okay, then you have the border crisis, and then you also have we have a looming shutdown in the works. The, the, the debt the debt ceiling. Yeah, they want to you know Democrats want to spend more of our money, so they want to like you know boost it up a little bit, and then there's uh, the the infrastructure bill. Well, but see, the thing is, none of this looks good for the president. First of all, when the, the chairman, of joint chief, secretary of defense and uh, General Os- General McKenzie were on Capitol Hill. Yeah. It makes the president look bad because they told him this is what you're going to get. And General McKenzie was interviewed, excuse me, gave testimony in front of Congress back, I think, in April. And he said that if we pull out, there's going to be a collapse of the Afghan army and the Afghan government. And he was proven correct. So. If, the, if they're using this as a distraction, it's the wrong distraction. Then you've got the border issue. That's blowing up when you had all these migrant, illegal migrants coming across the border. And now Secretary Mayorkas of Homeland, Homeland Security mentioned on Fox News Sunday that um, they released almost all the migrants into the country. Now, the president is big on vaccinating all Americans and his vaccine mandates. but he put stipulations that if you're a member of Congress and your staff, you don't have to get a vaccine if you yeah. don't want to. If you work for the post office, you work for the post office like you do. You don't have to get a vaccine. And then the all the millions or the 1.2 million illegals they capture the board, they're not vaccinated, and they get released throughout the country. Yeah, and they're giving them the option. But uh, going, but going back to the the testimony. Yeah, I watched it tonight, to this morning, and into the afternoon. They talked about what wasn't done prior to the pullout and what was done during the pullout. But I haven't heard anybody comment about how did we get to this point? We spent 20 years in Afghanistan and every military commander, national security expert and presidents of both parties said we're making progress. How did we get this so wrong? And if you remember, the military commanders can can quote Sun Tzu when he says the art of war about knowing your enemy. How did we not know? the enemy that we were fighting. Uh And then you have contradictions where the president says Al-Qaeda is not in Afghanistan. Yeah. And the generals, McKenzie and General um, Milley, and now Lloyd Austin said Al-Qaeda is in. Yeah. So that contradicts what President Biden has said. What intelligence was President Biden looking at that these gentlemen didn't get? Uh So there's a lot of contradictions, and we just need to have more answers than we're getting. So, uh, Mad Marine, he says that they got to, to this point because there's no accountability. And, and there is no accountability. I would agree with Mad Marine. There yeah. is no accountability. If you read the Afghan papers, yeah. and he didn't play any punches, he didn't try to play partisan politics, blaming this party or that party. He said both Republicans and Democrats never had a strategy. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the complexities of Afghanistan. They yeah. didn't understand the tribal direction. And my two tours there, everybody talked about, oh, we got to read history, got to understand. They read the history, but did they understand what they were reading? Uh-huh. And they just didn't. And I would agree with them. There has to be accountability. How did we get this so wrong for 20 years? 20 years we got this wrong. But Okay. At what point you, you're the highest official in the military? of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and you're like, hey, Mr. President, we need 2,500 troops you know, so we can have a, 
a, a good or a, a safe withdrawal from Afghanistan. And the president's like, no, that's, no, no, don't, don't worry about it. Well, at what point do you just like, no, we're, that's what we're going to do. What, what happens? I mean, at that point where he just takes it upon himself to withdraw the troops, do, do all military officials have before they do something like that? Do they have to go through the president? Well, the president sets the, the parameters. Like when they pulled out of, of Bagram Air Base, General Jack Keane, the vice, uh, former vice chief of staff of the U.S. Army, now it runs this Institute for the Study of War. He made this comment. The president sets the parameters. So when they pulled out, he said the military commanders agreed for the pullout. Well, that's not exactly accurate. If you tell them, this is only the amount of troops you're going to have, and we're going to reduce troops. So the general's got to make a decision. With the, with the, with less troops, we can't protect both sites. Yeah. So we got to give up one to protect the other. So the president wasn't forthcoming in his responses. It's it play. It's almost double speak. You're saying the military wouldn't have made that decision if they were given other options, and it's just. But going back to the questions that weren't asked, how did we get to this point? We could talk about Bush didn't resource it correctly and President Obama over-resourced it, flooded money in. We didn't understand the tribal situation where they'd never known a national um, government. Yeah. They showed pictures to Afghans in the south of Harmi Karzai. They didn't know who he was. Oh, the president? Yeah. <laughs> so then we, we never talked about Pakistan. If you look at the Algerian civil war during the late forties into the fifties with France involved in Algeria, they had sanctuary in um, Tunisia. Okay. When we fought in Vietnam, the enemy had sanctuary in North Vietnam and lesser degree, Cambodia and Laos. You can't win with that type of an arrangement. Yeah. And then the way we trained the Afghans is like when I was in Iraq, I was watching them train the Afghan army. We were training them the way we fight, and we were training them with our weapons. Why don't we train them with their weapons that they're used to and their way of fighting? And we just, it's just beyond me that these questions were not answered. I'd like to maybe like reminisce around the, the border a little bit because it's getting crazy. Correct. And like you said earlier, that there are, they're sending a whole bunch of immigrants right on through and they're just dispersing them out throughout the country. And one of the things that I heard through some of the research is that they're giving giving them the option whether they want the vaccine or not. But uh, see, that's different. I haven't heard that part, but that's different than you must have the vaccine. Now, the problem is everybody wants to blame Donald Trump. He t- turned over a mess to Joe Biden. That's not accurate. Well, okay. Well, that is not a, that's a that's a false statement to say. Maybe uh, devil's advocate here. Maybe the transition of power because he fought that tooth and nail, and he did not leave. He did not leave the White House to like a day prior to Biden moving in. So was that maybe that transition of power? Maybe stomped the current the administration coming in. No, I think the administration, President Biden. If you go back to June of two thousand nineteen. When the, the moderator in the first the Democratic debate said, in your health care plan, would you include illegal immigrants? And everyone raised their hands, including the vice president, Kamala Harris, then a senator. And then you have, um, what do you call it? Vice President Joe Biden raised their hand. So they were going to undo 
everything that President Trump did. Now, President Trump had fits and starts with his immigration. Yeah. They had a surge through the border, but he, he stopped it because he told the country south of the border, you will do this. Yeah. There was consequences, and everybody knew that there was consequences. Now, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have been saying that we're gonna, we have to fix the, the, the place of origin, meaning the Northern Triangle, yeah. which is Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Nicaragua. Now, Robert Ford Jr., who gets on Fox, uh, um, Fox and not Fox and Friends, special report with Brett Baer, and he gets on the, the panel and he keeps saying, well, what we need to do is focus on the countries of origin. So the question I would throw to him, how do you do that? How do you improve the, the rule of law in those countries? How do you make sure that the executive is independent of the legislature and judiciary? How do you end the corruption? How do you end these basic services that we're so used to here? No one has an answer to that. And those are the problems that need to be addressed. But you're making it an impossible thing by sending more money. We spent, I think, almost $50 billion since the 1960s in those couple of countries. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we're not learning anything. And no one's coming up with any difference. And now you're seeing not just the migrants or illegal migrants from those northern triangle countries. Haitians are coming in because they saw, well, we can't go by boat because the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas said to Cubans and Honduras, Haitians, you will be returned. So they get the cartels to bring them up through Mexico, and now they're staying. And then you have, and their word has gotten out, if you bring children with you, yeah. you're staying. Yeah. They're not going to release you. And if your child is born in America, even though you're illegal, yeah. that child is a naturalized citizen. And that goes back to the 14th Amendment which wasn't, it needs to be adjudicated. That was for freed, af, freed slaves after the end of the Civil War. Right. It's never been implied that anybody coming here has a child born in, uh, born in America. That child is an American citizen. Okay, so Matt Marine is chiming in on okay. TikTok, and he did say that he disagreed with, with what you said about how they should have like maybe focused on eliminating the cartels. So how would you maybe respond? Well, that goes back to the governments in these countries. These governments in these countries are hugely corrupt Mm -hmm. and they feed to the cartels because the cartels also provide services to the people that the government does. So when you have weak institutions, something's going to replace it. It's almost akin to what's going on in our urban cities. And I apologize. Mad Marine is a she. Okay. Well, we apologize that. But going back to your question for Mad Marine is the cartels have taken the place of the government. They provide services to the people. So they become stronger as the government becomes weaker. Mm -hmm. It's just like in the cities when the city can't operate, what takes its place? The gangs. That's what's going on in these cities. These cartels are much stronger now than the government. And then you have corruption at the governmental level. So the people have no choice, but to go through the cartels. And I know from Mad Marine, I like your comment. We know uh, women can be Marines too. And to your question, we had a female Marine in my unit. She was mugged and she kicked the snot out of the two guys that mugged her. Well, I think also Marines can be just as female Marines can be just as tough. Mad Marine should also know that we're both Marines. You know, hey, sorry. (laughs) 
But that's a good point. The Marine, the female Marines that I served with did a phenomenal job when I was in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. There's some badass chicks. My gosh, they're tough. We When we were training them in on Paris Island, like, I saw how they would train the male recruits. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it was more, like, tedious and almost, almost like real mind games. But these female drill instructors on these female recruits would just straight up slaughter them. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Because these, the female drill instructors were so relentless. And it was just like, it was almost like uncomfortable to watch at, at times. Well, then she's got a daughter that's an MV-22 crew chief, second generation. Go Semper Fi on that. Oh, hurrah. But uh, there's a lot of these focus, they're not focusing. They're just playing politics with it. And there needs to be, we can't just demonize both parties play this. They're playing politics with the border. And what they need to focus on is let's pass immigration. We can't do executive orders. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not what the executive branch was for. That's Congress. Congress do your job. Now Congress complains about because they don't want to make the hard choices. They need to start making the tough choices or otherwise get out of office and get someone who will. Yeah. So also maybe we should let Mad Marie know that if she wants to go live on live after the show, we can do that for a little bit. Yeah, that'd be great. But I mean, you're in front of her, so you need to tell her. No, if <laughs> yeah, again, if Mad Marine wants to go live after a show, after the show, we'll bring her on and we'll talk back and forth on that. It would be great for the the great for the segment. And then let's talk about you know money. Yeah, money because. We got this infrastructure bill looming. We also have a looming shutdown. It just seemed like as soon as we kind of like, okay, it just seemed like after the previous administration relinquished control of the White House or the, you know, and they handed over to the Biden-Harris administration, they just kind of just, they, they crapped the bed on this thing. Well, what they did is they believe they want a mandate to govern this way. But that if you look, if you actually look at it, people voted for Joe Biden, not because they liked what he was going to do or his policies. They liked that he wasn't Donald Trump. But then but then on the second part of this is Joe Biden ran all of last year. I'm competent. I'm I can bring stability. But then you look at everything he's touched, the border, Afghanistan, the economy. He's 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 failed. Like he talked about, we're going to rebuild alliances. He's caused more problems with our allies because our allies realize we're not going to be there for him or may not be there. Mm-hmm. And our enemies realize America's weak. America is a sinking empire. So there's a problem there. And that's why his poll numbers are dropping. Yeah, they're almost I think they said they were uh, lower than Kamala's. Yeah. And, well, and was it Kamala's negative? Well, right now he went from in the high 50s, he's down into the low 40s. And in some of the key battleground states like today, South, I think it was North Carolina, mm-hmm. he's 31% approval rating. And a lot of it has to do with economics, the Afghanistan. But does it really matter if he's not going to run again? Well, I mean, but that, like, this is like, you know, every president does like two terms. You have the first term and then the second term is almost like what we like to call in the Marine Corps short timers disease where they're just like, look, after this, I'm done. But so see, the, th- the problem is every Democrat is tied to Joe Biden because the bench is very thin mm-hmm. because uh, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, even Nancy Pelosi, she, when she run the speakership, 
in 06 and then in 2018 she campaigned as a moderate yeah then she governs as a progressive and then her, her moderates get obliterated at the polls because the progressives are in safe seats the moderates are in those 50 50 split seats yeah so that's the problem now going back to the infrastructure bill one's passed that came out of the senate that yeah. was a bipartisan infrastructure deal went to the house it sat there since July, because Nancy Pelosi aligned herself with the progressives saying, we will not vote on that bill unless we vote on, we get the $3.5 trillion. Even Joe Biden, just like minutes after he had an agreement, said, I'm not going to sign the $1.1 till I get the $3.5. So Nancy Pelosi was going that way until yesterday she pulled away and said, Let's have a tentative vote tomorrow, Thursday, yeah. for the 1.1. But now you get resistance from the progressives. They said, we're not voting on that one until we get the other. But Joe Manchin, the Democratic senator from West Virginia, stated, I'm not voting for that. It's too much spending. Mm-hmm. And so now you got an impasse. And then tomorrow is September 30th, where the debt ceiling needs to be raised. They want Republicans' help. But Mitch McConnell, the, the minority leader of the Republicans from Kentucky, stated, you don't want you want us to pass the debt ceiling, but you don't want our input on spending. So you raise the American credit limit. But at the same time, you're spending three point five trillion. Be like having a credit card. Let's raise your interest, the, the credit limit so you can spend more money. That doesn't make sense. So I, I did have a question about our national debt. Now, like in New York City, you'll see like this looming big number. That's the national debt. Okay, or national debt. Is that debt like I accumulated, you accumulated? That's everything. So like if I have a loan, that's my debt kind of thing? Yeah, there's or, a couple of things. There's or, a, or is that like, or is that our government like willy-nilly just writing checks? That's a, it's a combination of everything, but the gover- that's government debt. Okay. And so I had something come to mind is that no one has been bringing up what I think would be a good way to not only cover this three trillion, but cover it very, very fast is a fair tax. Like if we just eliminated income tax, because now in this bill they want to check our bank accounts. Yeah, that's a, okay. I, I, that'd be great. Yeah, so they want to look at our bank accounts, and if we make over, and they want if, if it's over six hundred bucks, which is if anybody understands tax law, if six hundred dollars is when it starts becoming taxable. If, you know, if I paid you like $599, you don't have to put that in as taxable income. But see, the problem is we can talk about changing the tax laws. We can talk about going to the fair tax. We can talk about a flat tax. That's all to me schematics. The problem is the Congressional Budget Office, which is a nonpartisan group, they rate everything just the numbers they are given. And what they said is it's not the money coming in, it's money go out. We spend more money. So you're telling me, and I would tell members of Congress from both parties who are just as egregious of each other as as everyone, you're not reducing spending. You're telling me in 2021 that every program, every department, every agency is needed that makes no sense. Even the Department of Defense, where we come from, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that we can reduce spending and make sure that the Department of Defense meets two criteria in its mission is deter war and protect the homeland. Everything else doesn't fit that criteria. It needs to go. 
So if we don't radically reduce spending, we're never going to end it. Yeah, but like with the fair tax, I would think that if you uh, attack, okay, I would have to look more into this, but what percentage of people actually throughout the country pay their taxes? Well, that's another thing. There was like the tax foundation, this argument that the the wealthy aren't paying their fair share. They pay almost, they looked at it, they pay almost half of all the taxes in the country, the, the, the lower half pay almost no tax. And that's where I think the fair tax comes in because if you buy a pack of cigarettes, you buy some soda, you buy candy, you buy uh, McDonald's, you go to the nail salon, you go to the hair salon. There's all these avenues where they can just increase the number. So you you have like the state tax and then you just add like a 3% or maybe even a 4% federal tax to that. So now 10% of the money you're spending goes to taxes and then i think that would well, that's i think that would eliminate not only eliminate the debt quick, but you still have to eliminate spending now what mad marine said it makes sense she said the insanity is at the end of the year we spend at a record clip because we either spend it or we lose it and we get penalized yeah now every time they do everybody blames the tax cuts now when the kennedy tax cut went in effect in 1964 Johnson made sure it went through. Yeah. And then you had the Reagan tax cuts of 81 to 86, the Bush tax cuts, and then the Trump tax cuts. Mm -hmm. Every time they do that, the economy takes off. But the problem is spending has never been reduced. Spending, we just keep spending and spending and spending. You can dance around, do all this flat tax, what you're talking about. But unless you reduce and reform how spending is accomplish, you're never going to solve the problem. You give government more money, they spend more. That's always the case. But that has to end because we can't do this. Now, the problem with this infrastructure bill, especially the 3.5 trillion human infrastructure, it's not going to what we normally call bridge roads and highways. It's the massive expansion of Medicare. It's the- uh, That's infrastructure? That's that's human infrastructure, what they consider. Now, the reason with Medicare, Medicare is they want to drop the age requirement. They want to expand the coverage of Medicare. The Social Security Medicare actuaries have stated Medicare is only funded, really, and then it goes broke in 2025. And now you want to put it on steroids? It, 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 it's insane. And once you get these programs in, you're not getting rid of it. Oh, Mad Marine, she said she agrees with you. Well, but she makes sense because she says she's a great, she agrees. Because she's seen it probably herself, just like we've seen it. If you always at the end of the year, like September, is like this mad dash to spend as much as we can because we're going to lose it. What about the ammo dumps we did when when we were in infantry? There there, (laughs) there were times where our barrels would be glowing orange because we put so many rounds through them. Because you turn them in, you get less the next. That makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just like, and everybody's overspending. So they're like, next year, like, well, we need more. And I, but here's the point that she brought up again. The human infrastructure is a glorified welfare program. And yeah. she's absolutely correct. It is. It, it, this human infrastructure does nothing to improve the economy. Even Joe Biden's budget was like $6.6 trillion. There was, it says the first GDP will be like 4% this year, I think 3% next year. And then after that, it doesn't get above 1.8%. Yeah. 
So you're saying an average in a 10-year period, we're getting less than 2% growth and you're spending $6 trillion? That makes no sense. And she, I know she sees this because she said she worked for the FMF PAC comptroller that deals with budgets. So she knows firsthand what we're talking about. And this is replicated not at the um, Department of Defense. This is replicated across all the um, federal agencies. One bold prediction I would do, like take the Department of Agriculture. Why is it centered in Washington? Mm-hmm. Move it to, let's say, Kansas or Iowa, where farmers are. Keep only a small staff that deals with legislation. Everybody is working out in Ohio, um, Iowa, or Kansas, or Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Move the Interior Department out of D.C. Move them to where their constituents are. Yeah. Then sell those buildings, move everybody together. But we need to start looking at this stuff because we can't keep spending like this. We're going to hit, and this is what Joe Manchin the Democratic senator from West Virginia had stated in an op-ed three weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal that what's next year going to look like? What if we are in a recession? Mm-hmm. What if there is a foreign crisis? What if there's another pandemic? We've just we've already spent $6 trillion yeah. through this COVID relief, and we haven't spent all the money. And we're going to spend another $3.5 trillion? We should actually look into that, shouldn't we? No, oh, yeah, but... <laughs> Now you've got the Committee for Responsible Federal Government Federal Budget said it really isn't three point five trillion. They're putting it up as high as five to five point five trillion because the math doesn't add up. Well no, because they want two bills. One's the three point five and what's the one point? Well, but no, just but even just the three point five trillion. Yeah. They're saying that the the uh, the cost truly is five to five point five trillion because the way they're the math they're using, and then when Joe Biden and then Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic speaker, said it's free, even those who are allies and support what they're doing said nothing's free. It's like I pay, you got a child, you're paying her way to go to college. Yeah, it's not free. Somebody's paying. No, but the, yeah, the, the way they put it is like if I'm making fifteen hundred dollars a month, I can afford a house that costs me fifteen hundred dollars a month. So technically, it's free. Yeah, it's just I'm working for nothing. I get I, I you know I look at it this way. Anytime a government official says it's free, tell me, like remember the Affordable Care Act. Whatever, not debating the merits of it. President Biden said this. President Trump, excuse me, President Obama stated it's not going to cost us. It's going to reduce the federal debt. We'll save this much money. It had the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting next week to see how all this goes. What do you think they're going to do with this, this ceiling? You think my going to, guess you, is you think they're going to just back it? They're going no, to check. no, my big guess is they're going to they're going to kick the two infrastructure bill, the one point one and three point five trillion, for the next couple of weeks. But they're going to have to pass the um, debt ceiling. They're going to raise that. Okay. Because, if they don't, because they can't have a shutdown, because it's going to be on their watch every time there was a government shutdown. The Republicans control the branch, whether the House, the Senate, or the executive branch. Yeah. This time, the Democrats control all three. So they will own this government shutdown. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah there's no uh, – because remember, uh, I think it was a few years ago with when the government shut down with Trump, you know, and it was like McDonald's all around. <laughs> well, but see, but the problem is the Republicans control the branch. The Democrats control all three. They own this. So I'm guessing they'll pass that. 
and kick the other two down. Because if Nancy Pelosi thought she had the votes, she would have taken the vote up all by now. Yeah. And I don't think she has the votes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really can't wait. Hopefully a little bit more comes out with, you know, immigration. And it's just, it's fun looking at all this going into the Democrats hand and they're shit in the bed. When well, it comes to that. but the problem is you've got another, the reports are coming up now. There's another 20 to 30,000 migrant caravan at the border between Guatemala and uh, Mexico. Oh, yeah. So we, within a month or like next month, there's going to be another caravan at the door. Is that like maybe like a backdoor deal where they're trying to turn the whole entire country blue? Well, that's it could be. There's reports. There's some that wanted that to bring more immigrants in. They vote Democrat. You turn these these places blue. But there's are a lot of Latino communities. They don't like this because they go in their neighborhoods. They don't go to the progressives where Nancy Pelosi lives. Yeah. So we'll have to see how this goes. All right, John. So why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to Ubaldi Reports at gmail.com. You can check us out at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also TikTok. And just type in Ubaldi Reports and let us know what you think. Yeah, and uh, definitely hit us up on TikTok if you watch us when we're doing these live uh, events. And we have a live stream. So we are live successfully now. Now we're getting there. Give us some time, but we we're are, doing it. We are on TikTok. As soon as I got a thousand followers, we can probably do this on TikTok too. You know, just get the word out there and, you know, we'll still be doing a podcast. So you, if you just want to listen to us in the car, it's, that's cool too. But, you know, just get out there and, you know, get some people following like us and, you know, we can give you more of the show. There we go. All right. Everybody have a good day. Have a good day and keep listening to you, Baldy Reports.